welcome to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. A reminder, we're streaming live Monday to Friday on Sportsnet 590, The Fan from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, Alex Wong, filling in for William Liu, who is taking his first day off since joining Sportsnet. So had to call in the specialist. Oh, yeah. I've been here once before. Yeah, yeah. Second, third, fourth. (laughs) Who's counting, man? Will Liu's the hardest working man in the biz. Uh, I'm joined by Sportsnet's Faisal Kamisa, the uh, former know, I, global ambassador. What's going on? I thought I was again. The, you know what? I'm not going to fight you with that one right now. Um, What's there to fight about? You're right. Because yeah. I thought I got it back, but... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. no, we gave it to Amy, though, didn't we? When? When I, did the I, transfer I know, happen? Right. It's, it's Amy Audibert right now. We need yeah. a graphic next year explaining the transfer of global ambassador status. Yeah. So it's more visible for everybody well, to understand. Let's not get ahead of ourselves about next year. Um, did I scare you? 10 yes. minutes ago when I said, yo, am I hosting today or tomorrow? Just be real. Yeah. So I text Faisal on like Monday being like, hey, you want to guest host with me on Thursday? You said yes. I tweeted it out this morning, yeah. tagging you. Yeah. You 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 shared this. Yes, I did. And then you text me at 1.50 being yeah. like, hey, is it today or tomorrow? Yeah. And yeah, I definitely freaked out. Yeah. I was here already just walking into okay. the room. Just you freaked I, I, out. I do live close. You do live very but close. But I was not your, ex- your exact address, the intersection nope, is... No, we're not. Okay, we're so, just going to okay. stop there. But okay. you were very scared. I was because yeah. it's uh, it's well known that when, you know, things don't go according to plan yeah. here, that yeah. I freak out. Yeah. I didn't know. I actually did not know that. No. I, I did not I, know that. And I don't know if you're being serious or not. But I don't know how I to apologize. be... I don't... I mean, I know how to be on air by myself, but mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable. Yeah. Because then I just have to, like, talk. Which is why Which you I guess called is the me point. to come here. Yeah, I mean, that is the entire point of what right. you guys do. That's what I'm getting paid for. I that is very that. interesting. What a good revelation. But, no, I yeah. apologize for freaking you out. Um, but we came here to the surprise. And if you guys want to look online at Alex's Twitter, we are wearing both the Home and Away 2020 Adidas Parlay Maple Leaf jerseys. That's right. Unplanned. 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 Not just Unplanned. your basic blue Leafs jersey. No, we were on the same seating list. Yeah. <laughs> Shouts to the three stripes. <laughs> So here it we was are. a pleasant surprise, and it made you, I think, a little bit more uh, calm after the shookness that I led you to. Well, because you were talking about, because I know you went to Game Five, yes, one of the best uh, Leafs games. Oh my gosh! Since the Pat Quinn era. Oh my gosh! Rest in peace. And you know, you you tweeted out before the game, like, is it okay to wear a jersey <laughs> with shorts? Did you end up going to the game with shorts? You didn't, right? So no, I didn't. And okay. you know what? Part of it was because. I was embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, embarrassed let me just be real here, right? Like, and I'm doing it right now. We're both wearing a jersey and shorts right now. That's but right. in the setting of a Leaf game, in the environment that I was in for that matter, which was in a Rogers box right. uh, doing work with Rogers, uh, I thought I should be semi-professional. So I wore ripped jeans instead. Okay. And so... I believe Sean McKenzie called you out for that. Yeah, he did. Yeah. He did. And, you know, fair enough. I deserved it. I, you know, I tweeted it trying to garner attention and then I didn't do it. And so that is on me. And you know what? I didn't regret it. It was very cold, obviously, in the rink. I grew up playing hockey. I know how cold it is. But I've also grown up at Scotiabank Arena. And you know sometimes how warm it gets, especially when you're that high. Right. But the difference, I guess, obviously, there's a rink there, not a court for the Raptors games. And so that's the difference between basketball and hockey. For those who don't know, um, the environment is just a, a bit colder. And so I'm glad I didn't wear shorts. Yeah. You know, you know Mr. Mr. Rogers Sweet, uh, just uh, invite me next time. I love that you're like counting down the clock. You're like, all right, cool. 56 <laughs> minutes ago. What else can we talk about now for the remainder of nah, time? Don't worry. We got plenty. We got plenty on this program. Uh, anyways, it was a good experience. Today. Fun Leaf game. I uh, feel like you're underselling it. That, that, oh, it was that's like one an, of the best playoff games It was playoff an unbelievable to be at, right? game to be at, yeah. of course. And 
Uh, I'd never been to a Leaf playoff game in my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've obviously been to Leaf games, but not Leafs, uh, not a Leafs playoff game. And the opportunity came to work with Rogers to do something there. And yeah, obviously jumped on it. And what a memory. That's going to be uh, in my head forever. That was a wicked, wicked game. Well, hopefully there's more Leafs memories to come. Yeah. Starting tonight yeah. at Emily Arena. There, look at Former you home of the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> yeah, that's how you can bring it back. I that's love right. that. I love that. That's right. I'm, I'm contractually obligated to Are you then going to the go, Raptors. speaking of memories, three years ago today. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Right. Not yet. Sorry. I'm we'll a pro at this. Sorry, sorry. Pace we'll yourself. Later. Pa- sorry, please sorry. pace yourself. Sorry, My you're goal, right. 56 minutes. And, yeah. yeah. My goal whenever Will is, is, is not here is to just, you know, steer the show as, as far away from the Raptors as possible. My favorite thing to do. Because I want him to regret ever taking a day off. <laughs> Like, like, I want him sitting at home right now, just shaking his oh, head. Oh, so you, actually, that's more of a knock on me. Like, you want me to be so bad and break the <laughs> not, show to the point where he's like, not I can bad, never leave. But I want the topics to go off course. So let's go. Uh, let's rank all the characters in the Breaking Bad uh, universe. Oh, my God. Starting oh from God. worst to best. Okay. Um, I think, number, you know, top for me right now, you know, Nacho, you know. Wait. Oh, okay. you got to be careful with what you say. Oh, right, I know right, right, people right. are not fully aware yeah. of the latest happenings in the universe of the show. <laughs> Right, right. So right, maybe right, don't right. say beyond okay, just let's, that stuff. Let's move on from that topic. Ah, shoot, um, I'm sorry, man. I know you 54 <laughs> minutes and yeah, it's 25 tough right seconds. Shouts to your cousin, Ali Khan, my favorite <laughs> camisa in the city. Wrong camisa yeah. hosting today. Happy Asian Heritage Month, by the way, Faisal. Same to you, my friend. Yeah. Thank you. You will be attending our live event. I can't Next wait. As a special guest, by the way. I don't. Did I tell you that part yet? No, you didn't. Oh, okay, I didn't know okay. I was working. I definitely <laughs> yeah, bought yeah. a ticket, but, you know, happy to, obviously. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. also happy to support you guys. I think it's awesome what you guys are doing. And... Uh, I don't know how many of your listeners slash viewers when you guys are online and on TV are going to be there, but uh, they sold out very quickly, which is a sign of how great and popular you guys are. And if it's anything like that other night that you, myself and Will were out, people are going to be all over Will and yep. it's going to be great to see because yep. he is slightly uncomfortable with it. He's he's more than slightly yeah, uncomfortable. Yeah, I know, I know. I undersold it, but yeah. yeah. Once again, just hand the phone to either me or Faisal. <laughs> we got you. And we we'll got take you. The photo. We'll take the picture. But yes, uh, and Faisal. And don't punch me in the chest. Oh, yeah. Don't do not do that to that one person. Um, But yes, Faisal Camiso will be a special guest. Yes. Looking and, forward to it. Uh, yeah, no, it, it'll be really exciting. But yes, the main event for today, since it's a throwback Thursday, since it's the off season, mm-hmm. three years mm-hmm. since 9.30 left in the fourth quarter, Serge Ibaka got the ball. <laughs> In the corner, in front of the Raptors bench. Man, Serge didn't even, not even in full celebration mode with the Bucks. Like, he's just, I know. you know, just half-assing it there on the he's bench. The, he's you know, the NASA's, guy. He's the NASA's without the energy right now. Oh, my gosh. Wow. But wow. Serge, Anyways, yeah. Serge got the ball, pump faked. Yeah. Whole arena's like, please don't shoot this. <laughs> he did <laughs> over Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, peace. Swished. Yeah. The camera pans over to Danny Green. Danny's shocked <laughs> that the, the shot went in. But that was the shot before the shot. Yeah. And then there was, of course, the shot. The sh- you know, I, I didn't even realize it was the three-year anniversary until I woke up today and saw it yeah, all across social media. Shout out Twitter media. for providing you content. Oh, yeah. thank you. God bless. If anybody have, uh, has any questions for Faisal By the way, and I, tweet, tweet me the questions. Here, yeah, yeah, tweet them in. Please tweet them. Uh, to, this is a good time to see who's listening <laughs> to, with to Faisal Kabisa. <laughs> just, just write the words hi. That's okay. Hi. Yeah, let me know hi. But I'm three, refreshing my mentions, <laughs> so confidence is real low right now. Please. Three years ago, yeah. where were you when the shot so happened? So I was actually here, actually in the studio there's a digital studio okay. to the right of this studio here. For people that watch online and on Sports at 360 when it's there, uh, you see this radio booth and you see what's behind us. Maybe 20 feet to the right is a digital studio. And my responsibility that night was to host a live YouTube reaction show, win Shoot. or lose. And uh, it was myself, Donovan Bennett, and Danielle Michaud, along with the producers, Graham and our boy, Anthony. 
And um, we had Popeyes here on deck just eating. And we were watching the game, obviously, on our in-house feed here. So we were as current as the arena. But then as the game was ending, we needed to switch gears and be ready for the post. So we were watching on a delay. Mm. We heard sounds. We didn't really know what was going on. But you knew something good happened. But we obviously knew something good had happened. Yeah. But then you see the play developing. And you're and wondering you're like, what's happening. How yeah. good could this thing have? Did he get fouled? Like, what went down right. here? But then it was the shot. And um, I actually was refreshing Twitter. And I saw Blake Murphy. I've never, I've never told anyone this. Not that it matters. Who cares what my memory Exclusive of the shot is? Exclusive on the Raptors yeah. show. Yeah. Um, I saw Blake tweet out, Kawhi hit the Vince shot. And I was mm. like, Kawhi hit the Vinch? <gasps> and then I just watched in silence. I didn't spoil it for anybody else that was in that room yeah. with me. And then we had a live postgame show, and it was unreal. The audience was like, obviously, given the magnitude of the moment, it was yearning for content. And we were on for a few hours, I think, after the game, just with all the sound, the postgame reaction, the good, the bad, the Embiid, like the Kawhi, obviously. Um, we had reporters. Like, it was a really cool production that we put together. And one of our first really big digital productions when – uh, that was what I was doing. Uh, and it was awesome. It was just really cool. And to see the city after, like the murals across the city, the shirts, the memories, and then the inevitable Kawhi leaving, um, it was cool, man. It was it was one of the moments that, like that Leaf game, will just be with you forever and ever and ever. You were at the arena, I imagine? Yeah, yeah. I was. I was sitting next to next to Will. Of course. And, and next to Ash at, at the score. And mm -hmm. I just, it was, yeah. It, you know, it's just the exhilaration of watching those bounces happen you know, pretty much in, in slow motion. And I think there's just a lot of relief because yeah. they went on to win the championship and maybe some of the context is lost, but they were coming off getting swept in the second round by LeBron and mm -hmm. the Cavs. And it looked like they went through all this ordeal to get Kawhi in. And I always tell people, like, the regular season, like, wasn't that fun that year? Because there was just a lot of, like, speculation over Kawhi. Kawhi's future, Like, right? yeah, was he like, fitting in? They were in? a good team, but he was a little bit ignored given the right. fact that we didn't know what the status of this superstar player in this city was right. going to be and would it all be for naught, right? Right, and, and Kyle gave Masai the silent treatment for, like, the first half right. of the season, and they had to settle that. You isolate, isolate a lot of the fan base who really loved DeMar DeRozan, and they didn't know if it was worth it. Again, I go through the mentions every day from the tweet, <laughs> right? Like, from the day. And I was clamoring it. I was hosting Tim and Sid that week because they were on vacation because it's the middle of July, right? And there's not much in the global sports context going on. And when those rumors popped off, I think on a Monday, I was like analogy after analogy as to why this is a good thing. And people were in my mentions as they usually are just completely against uh, the move. And then the move inevitably happened. And uh, then obviously they won a championship. And to look back, it's it's so, so fun to just look back at the comments and yeah. Realize how many people in their bios now have like Raptors X1 trophy, but like we're hating on the move at the time, right? I know. I know. It's, it's always fun to look back. But yeah, that day happened at the arena. Actually, I had to rush to the Yahoo Sports Canada studios to yeah. like do a post-game yeah. show with Harrison Sanford, Chelsea Harrison, and then went to grab a drink with my friend John Ng, like a longtime Raptors uh, fan and a close friend. I think that day was just nice to like reminisce with people who had been Raptors fans for, for a long time, yeah. right? Yeah. Like who had been through just like it. been all, through it, been through you know like, that. yeah, been through everything. And then, you know, went back to my condo, ran into a uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. No way, man. Yeah. And then we went in the elevator and I was like, Hey, you're Vlad. <laughs> and he, he got like, so sure. He got off on the next floor. He's nope. like this. I swear. <laughs> immediately got <laughs> off. Yeah. He got off. I'm like, you don't live on the third floor. There's no way. Wait, does Vlad not think people knew who you, 
I think I was just I think I was just being I mean weird. it was early days Vlad I, I, I literally just looked at him I was like hey you're Vlad <laughs> he just nodded at me you think and, he was at the game and his translator slash friend was just like yeah let's get off on the next floor <laughs> in English so you yeah, can so hear that's it my, too that's my favorite memory from that's actually a great years that's ago. a great memory that's a really really yeah. great memory but yeah you know I was thinking too because you talk about like iconic moments in Toronto sports especially recently right Alex just looked at the clock again and he's like man only four <laughs> 212, sorry. Only? So you've got Kawhi's shot. Yeah. Right? With the Blue Jays, I think you would say the Ho- Jose Bautista. Yeah, of course. That flip For this generation. Run. For this least, generation. Yes. Right? Yes. Like shouts to Joe Carter. Of all course. All of that stuff. For the Leafs, you know, I was thinking because they're in the midst of this run. Yeah. Everybody's excited about game six. Tonight, like you, you got to go back a little bit. Huh. Right? Like, I, like, listen, I was a huge Leafs fan during the Pac-1 era. Yeah. I was a huge Leafs fan, you know, when Pat Burns was here, Felix Potvin, you know, early 90s, all of that stuff. And, like, it's it's just, there's a whole generation of Leafs fans who only know the agony. Oh, my gosh. Who don't even know what it looks like no. for the team to win a playoff yeah. series. Oh, four, right? And yeah. So, so the city needs this is all I'm saying. Oh, absolutely. The they city need it. And last this. game, like, that was a moment. I know it's not the same as, like, a walk-off home run or, you know, a game-ending shot, buzzer-beater shot, or even an OT winner, but, like, Look, that team was down 2 nothing. That arena was silent. Scotiabank Arena was silent like eight minutes into that game. And Ailish Forfar, who obviously the host of the morning show here, uh, I was sitting next to her and we were just talking about how the vibe was just off and something needed to change. And that first period was really bad. And somehow they won that game. Even after they went up 3-2 and they gave up that 3-3 goal, we were like, uh-oh, I don't know, I don't know. But they just kept going and it, it was such a cool moment. I, I stood outside the arena for a little bit after just like watching the fans because it was really, I enjoy kind of doing that. And like everybody was just high-fiving each other. There were Go Leaf Go chants in unison at 18 different corners of the city. And uh, God, please get it done. Like, please just win around, guys. Please win around. The city is ready to explode for a long Leafs playoff run, much like they did for the Raptors championship run and much like they would have had the Raptors still been in the playoffs or even if the Raptors were the underdog. Like, you know, the city embraces fun, good sports teams, and the Leafs have it. They just unfortunately have this, you know, stigma attached to them, given their history, of course, and well-deserved given their history, but they are ready to shed it. And I think once they do, and if they do, uh, God, the, the limit is endless, right? Yeah. No, welcome. Welcome to the Leafs show. Oh, sorry. Alex sorry. Wong. We're both wearing Leafs jerseys, by and the way. And Faisal Kamisa. I, I've been talking to friends about this too, because I know there's a lot of complaints, especially... I think this season with Raptors crowds at Scotiabank Arena when they've had fans there, to me, it seems like the the Leafs fans are, are, the atmosphere is way different, like in the postseason, in terms of the Leafs versus the Raptors. Like you've had a chance to be, be at both. Yep. Recently, like, well, what, what what are the similarities, differences? Like, do you notice a significant difference just in terms of the atmosphere? I know people want to say there's a difference and people, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know what side more people are on when it comes to this crowd is greater than that crowd. Yeah. But like, I've been there both this year. I've been to the park for both this year. And like, sure, the demographic is a little bit different, but the passion, and I don't mean to say the passion TM, the passion is like legitimately there each time, right? Like you're at a playoff game. Obviously, you're going to be crazy. You're going to be wild. You're going to be insane. With the Raptors having a good run in a third or fourth quarter, the crowd, the octave is going to slowly get higher and higher. The crescendo is going to build up to a peak. In that second period, when the Leafs were pressing shot after shot after shot after shot, even though they didn't score, the crowd was like very into it. Mm -hmm. There was like a, a buzz the entire time, the entire break. People were going off. I don't know which one is greater. I honestly don't know. That was as loud as I've ever heard that building 
uh, a couple days ago at that game. When Matthew scored that goal, I mean, beyond Ailish and Donovan sandwiching me in a hug, um, you could hear from any part of the arena what was going on. And uh, I'd imagine you could hear outside as well how loud that was because it was really cool. And even after the game when they won, it was a really, really loud cheer. And I've been to Raptors playoff games. I've been to finals games where they've won. I don't know if I remember it that loud, man. I don't know. Yeah, so let's that's a get... long way of saying absolutely nothing, by the way. So yeah, no, I appreciate it. That's yeah, what I welcome. that's what I do on here every day. So you know, uh, it, it sounds very familiar to me. All right, let's get to some Raptor stuff. So I've been watching the playoffs. Have you been enjoying these NBA playoffs? Because we're in a very sweet spot right now. Second round, yeah. ev- all four series going to six games at least. At least, yeah. And we've had so many great storylines. What's has there been one series that has stood out to you, or one storyline for you? Um, I don't know if there's a particular, I don't know if this is a storyline or not, but I, I just love Giannis onto the mm-hmm. compo. I don't know, man. I, I'm trying to think of sports stories or life stories that have similar paths of his, right? And there just aren't any where a guy out of nowhere yeah. turns into superstar. Like what about Faisal Kamisa? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I didn't. Or well, William Liu. Yeah. Or William Liu or Alex yeah. Wong. Okay, fine. <laughs> um, no, I'm with you. I think the narrative then it's is very strong there. And I think he he is in like the very sweet spot of a superstar player in that he's won a championship. No he's won sure. all the individual the awards. And he's on the t- and like he doesn't get the criticism that all like other like, you know, daily sports radio or TV show you hosts love to I, talk about. You know who I was thinking about, and I and I think about this one a lot. Um Kylian Mbappe plays for PSG. We know that, okay? Kylian Mbappe won a World Cup with France, you know. And I thought the criticism of Mbappe would be done forever. But then, you know, his club teams don't win the Champions League and flop, 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 whatever. But, like, Giannis is immune from all that because he's won it at the highest level. There's no big, like, okay, Olympics, fine. I don't know. It's not the same as the Champions League, right? But, like, in basketball standards, winning and winning the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, final, he can he could do nothing for the rest of his career, legitimately nothing. And will still be a Hall of Famer without doubt and one of the greatest players to ever touch a basketball. But he's like, I'm not really ready to settle on that right now. And continues to get better. Loses Chris Middleton. Has blood peering over his eye. Hits two clutch free throws. And that's the quote-unquote weakest part of his game. To take out the Celtics in Boston. Yeah. One of two on the free throws. Bobby Portis got sorry, the rebound. Sorry, you're right. You're right. But you're right. this is not My to take. Apologies. A, but this is not to take away from Giannis's performance. God, it was such a good story until that. My bad. I know. No, it's My all bad. good. No, no, no. But I, I'm I just think in general, watching Giannis continue to do it, given no. his background, to me is just unbelievable. Yeah, it's and, unbelievable. And like as much credit as people are giving the Boston Celtics of how good they've been, they've been the best team in the league since January first. Yeah. I've had to hear this over and over again. <laughs> Like, you, you got to give credit to Giannis, like yeah. you said, a shorthanded team. And for him to rebound after what Al Horford did to him in game four. And Al Horford which, did something to <laughs> which him in game four, Which, by the way, is my favorite storyline of the playoffs it's so It's unreal, right? Giannis dunks on Al Horford. Stares him down. Stares him down. And Al Horford does the thing where he just nods and he's like, okay. I got you. He's like, okay. I got it. Yeah. You got this. And I'm like, you don't got this, Al Horford. No, you, you're like, Al Horford. Yeah, you're Al Horford. Yeah. Okay, but then he got he got it. No, he got it. No, he had and it. And I thought he was due for another moment. Right, he had that putback dunk. That's right. At the at, oh near the end God. of the game as well. But Giannis said, "No, nah, I'm going to be Giannis instead." Show us to Drew Holiday too. Back. Oh, of course. Show us to Drew Holiday. The best as well. guard on the floor, best defensive guard on the floor that game for sure. Funniest thing is is Marcus Smart coloring his hair green, <laughs> and losing that way. Game five at home. Obvious bias here being the Raptor show. I think Will Lou proclaimed his bias last night too. 
he was just like, yeah, I don't like the Celtics. I wasn't really online, so I didn't see I didn't see uh, too much of what he did. But. Yeah, because because I think a lot of fans were just like, just admit you hate the Celtics. He's like, yes, I admit it. I and then hate he the took Celtics. a day off. People think this is a suspension for Will Lou. Uh, just letting you guys know, he this was planned for me yeah. to be here on Monday. But you know, watching these playoffs, too, I've been thinking about like. Obviously, the Raptors are in this different phase now. We talk about the three-year anniversary of the shot, and three seasons ago, they won the championship. They're on a building path again. I think it reminds a lot of people of that 2013-14 season when they won 48 games, and and it seemed like it was the start of a new era. And watching this Bucs team and watching the Celtics team, actually, like I think there's lessons to take from the way that they've built their teams to inform us of how the Raptors' path back to contention might be. So I was yep. checking the Bucks. So, like, okay. they drafted Giannis in 2013-14, and they won 15 games that season. They were a terrible team, had to build it back up. And Giannis clearly wasn't a superstar nope. back then, right? It, it took time. And, you know, when you look back at that 2019 championship season when they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, went up 2-0, and then the Raptors came back and swept them, that was the first time that they won a playoff round that year. With Giannis, it took them six seasons yeah. to get out of the first round yeah. with Giannis. And then it took them until his eighth season uh, to win the title, right? Okay. So I know this is not a patient. I don't think any fan base is patient. Like, no. and, and we know that the Raptors fan base <laughs> is not a patient fan base. But you're right, right in saying that no fan base is, right? Sure. Especially in this sure. era where they want instant right. success. Right. But if you're looking at the model of like the Bucks, right? And I wouldn't put Scotty Barnes there with Giannis yet, no. but I, I, there's the potential there, right? Sure. People like to sure. to dream about that, right? If 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 you think this is the start of an era where the team's going to build around Scotty Barnes and go as far as he's going to develop, all I'm saying is it's going to take time. I, I, you know I think what I mean? People I, really need to hear that. And I know it's a very obvious thing to say, but they are coming off a 48 win season. I think the expectations are already is that, hey, let's add a couple pieces. Let's get some internal development. Where can this team go? And a lot of times these things just don't happen on a linear path that people expect. No, right? Like they they didn't, like look, Milwaukee got rid of Malcolm Brogdon, who was the rookie of the year. Like they took a step back even before they ended up there and they had, acquired they had, Drew Holiday. They had Jabari Parker yes. at one point, yeah. right? They had Larry Sanders yeah. at one point. Like the roster had to go through a lot of iterations. Bucks and six, right? Like yes. Brandon, yeah, Jennings, Brandon Jennings, right? Jennings. Back in the day. Yeah. Yes, but like the most important thing too is like it took that much time for Giannis to develop, right? Yeah. Now, is Scotty on a much kind of faster accelerated curve? I would say yes. Like if you, if you were to compare their rookie a, season, 100%, right? 100%. Is he going to reach that reach that Giannis level though? I think that's the big question, right? Because that's a lot to ask Listen, for. that is an unreal... I feel like that's an unrealistic expectation to put on anyone. For now. Because you're asking, for now. Yeah, for sure. Especially yeah. after a season, you're asking, can he be one of the greatest players to ever play the sport of basketball? Because mm-hmm. Giannis is there. What I don't know, top 50... I don't care. Top. I'm not saying he's in a certain ranking or tier. I'm just saying when, it, when it's all said and done, Giannis will be one of the best ever to do it. That's asking a lot. It is, but I think that's why. But the reason why a lot of fans are putting that on Scotty is because we know that you need a superstar to win in this league okay. to actually win a championship. For legitimate, yes. And, and when yes. you look at the Raptors roster and the fact knowing that the Raptors have never acquired that person in free agency, like Kawhi came in a trade, yep. right? Like Vince was drafted, et cetera. Yep. Yep. Scotty's the only hope of that path, right? Because that's the easiest path back to a championship if Scotty gets to that level. And that's why those expectations are going to be thrown even if Scotty gets to that level, you need pieces around him to be good as well, right? Yes. And so obviously you, get, you still have a window, right? It's not next year. It's not the... 
not the year after. I, maybe maybe it is. I don't know. If it is, it'd be a different conversation. And please have me on as a guest through the good Raptor stuff as well. But, man, I don't think people understand in this league, you crawl before you ball, right? Like, you mm-hmm. have to go through the pain of, like, losing over and over again. Even LeBron did before eventually getting it done, man. And it's tough. Yeah, yeah I, I look at the Celtics here. I was looking at the Celtics. So, like, if we... Don't look at this as just a Scotty Barnes team, right? Like, yeah. we know they've got the pieces. They've got guys like Pascal, like Fred, can throw in Precious, OG, and Gary. Like, the Celtics have built around their two guys, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like, 2017, they drafted Jalen Brown in his rookie year. They made the conference finals. The next year, they get Jason Tatum. 2018, they make the conference finals. That's the seven-game series against the Cavs when LeBron, like, single-handedly carried them carried them legit. to the finals, right? Yeah. So within the first two years, the expectations were already ratcheted up because these two guys together had made two conference finals, and then you had guys like Kyrie was there, Al Horford was there, and then in 2019 when the Raptors won the title, they take a step back. They lose in the second round, and then they make the conference finals again in the bubble in 2020, and then last year they lost in the first round, and they had to switch head coaches, and now you look around the roster that's around Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like, yes, they brought back guys like Al Horford and Daniel Tice, but it's a different team now, right? Very different team. I mean, yeah. I throw Marcus Smart in there too. Like, that's the trio yeah. that they've built around, yeah. right? But think about it. From 2017 to now, they haven't been able to make a single finals. But they've stayed patient. They've built around and they've weathered through a lot of roster turnover. I think that's another example too of like when Masai's sitting there at the podium after the season preaching development yeah. and preaching patience, that's what he means, right? No, I've legit, Masai's never been one to lie he, he, you know, like we're going to win in this city. Okay. We did. We want you to stay patient, you know, F Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. All facts, <laughs> right? Like all facts all the time. And so, I mean, beyond the fact that he just speaks with this conviction that makes you want to believe, like, I think they have a plan and it all changed maybe when they realized how much of a, I don't, I don't know what the word is, like superstar they could have in mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes, man. And so look, the Boston example is different. They had lottery picks to get there. I, the Raptors don't want to have multiple lottery picks mm-hmm. in order to do this, right? They're going to have to find creative ways to do it, creative draft picks to do it. They've been able to do so in the past. They've missed on some as well. Obviously, most teams do. But I'm I'm so interested. It's a fun, like, non-Raptors fan thing to look at this Raptors team because they're good now. But I don't know when the window of Scotty Barnes being a superstar will be. Will you have the pieces around him to do that too? So... Yeah, I wonder too, an interesting thought exercise, and there's no way we can figure this out now. Like you look at the core five guys, right? Like in Scotty, Fred, Pascal, OG, and Gary. And you know what? I'll throw Precious in there yeah, as well, right? That's all those six guys. I wonder how many of those guys will still be on the roster. Well, that's what I mean. When the Raptors are really a contender like, again. Like I'll say this for Raptors fans, someone you love will not be on this roster when this team prospers Probably again, more than one. Prosper. Probably more than one yes, guy. yes. Yeah, it just that's what it's going to take, man. When you realize, or if you realize the team you have constructed right now has a ceiling, somebody from it has to go, much like the Kyle DeMar years, the Dwayne Casey years, someone has to eventually go to bring in somebody better. That's just how it is. That's not saying the players you have are not good. Mm-hmm. It's just saying they're not getting it done to the extent that you want them to. Yeah, but the other thing too, I think people need to realize is like, Masai's almost like uh, too patient. <laughs> Like, he's very, he's a very patient person, right? Like, he's not the guy that's going to make the trade that you want him to make. Or he's going to wake, or he's going to give the core group, like, two, three years. By the way, I wasn't expecting, you know, Masai slash Bobby to win exec of the year 
this year, but like, you know, the voting came out today. I think Masai finished like seventh. Seven. Yeah, one something first like place that. vote. Um, speaking of like three-year anniversaries of like the shot in the championship, still my biggest gripe from that season is, is not the Raptors not the winning that. It's, it's embarrassing. You should have won that off the Kawhi trade alone. A hundred percent. And then the Marcus Gasol trade. Marcus Gasol came in, right? by the like way. That, like what? Like who Kawhi else did a better job? Danny, and you changed your coach and you won a championship. Who else did a better job? So I, I hope at some man. point, I hope at some point he does. But like, you talk about like having that core group. I think ultimately, you know, I look at a team like Miami that actually reminds me the most of the team building path that the Raptors are, are, are going to go towards. Cause, cause you look at Miami, I think you would say their big three is, is Kyle, Jimmy and Bam Adebayo. You know, your Raptors comparative big three would be like Fred Pascal and Scotty. Yeah. Like you, there's not like a true like top five, top 10, like superstar player in that group. You got good players though. But it's a solid big three yeah. to build around, right? Yeah. And the, so if Raptors fans are looking at any of these playoff teams as like a model of how the Raptors might be built over the next couple of years, I actually think Miami is the one to look at. I agree. Because what Miami has an edge over the Raptors right now, and it's a huge edge, are the role players. Um, you know, I look at guys like, I mean, like coming into the season, I never even heard of guys like Max Strauss, Strauss yeah. or Gabe Vincent. Yeah. Right. And, and then they're able to they relegated Duncan Robinson to, right. to a podcast host, yeah. legitimately yeah. a podcast no, he's, host, he's, he's $90 not, million dollar podcast he's host. He's 90 million Matt Thomas. And <laughs> Victor Oladipo, they traded for, Should he was injured. 99% million. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> no. sorry, sorry. Uh, that does it for us for today. Um, so, <laughs> One Matt but like they traded for Victor Oladipo and yeah. now he's a contributor. Good. Yeah. Right. He's coming off the bench. They've got the sixth man of the year in Tyler Hero. To me, if you're looking at how the Raptors are going to be built, it's like you have your core group, right? You have your core group, but how are you going to fill the rest of that out? By the right? way, they can win this year. Like Miami can win. I think they yeah. can win still. I know they don't have the superstar that we're talking about. And that's why I'm so intrigued by these playoffs, right? Because like there are a couple teams that like don't have the guy guy yet, mm-hmm. right? And I, look, that's no disrespect to Tatum or Brown. Like they, they're good, very, very good basketball players, Tatum in particular, but like he hasn't earned superstar status yet in my eyes. Not- yeah, I'm so, I'm so tired of hearing about the Celtics, man. Every right, time cool. I watch the Celtics game, break? Right, no, cool. every, time I, every time I hear the Celtics, you know, on, on the broadcast, you know, the announcer is always like, you know, Grant Williams <laughs> is a generational defensive talent. And I'm like, I see Grant Williams sitting on the bench at the end of the fourth <laughs> quarter while Giannis is, is dropping 40. <laughs> You know, it's just like, please, Milwaukee, just take care of the Celtics. I don't want to hear about the Celtics. They have no big man in to rebound off the free throw. Shout out, Willow. I did see that one tweet, by the way, and I was thinking the exact same thing. Small guards when you need to get the ball. No, uh, because Marcus Marcus Smart is their point guard. Um, But yeah, like, I'm with you. I I think, in a way, the playoffs feel a little wide open. Yeah. It's great, though. But I I do think, personally, the winner of Milwaukee-Boston has to be the, to me, is the overall favorite. I don't know. That's don't, at least for me. I know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, we say that stuff all the time, but we just, we don't know. Like, sports is so fun and that, like, we can say that and maybe they're the most dominant team on paper, but, like... If you had a, to pick right that's now... That's just not how it works. If you had to pick who's going to win it all right now at this very moment, who would you take? Phoenix. i say Phoenix. Yeah. Phoenix worries me a little, though, in that they always get up in these series and then yeah. they blow a couple games and then they shrink their margin of error. That's what happened to them last year in the that's finals, what happens right? They they up, up. Yeah, and I'm they worried lost. about Chris Paul, too. 
Yeah. Like, you know, as a fellow 37 year old, you know, I, when I turned 37, <laughs> no I, I, did, no, I did not notice a, not. I did not notice a significant drop off. So, you know, I, I guess I'm handling age 37. The, tweet, the tweets don't hit the same. Oh, bro. The I know. Don't hit you know the what? Same. I'm not going to lie. My Twitter, my Twitter peaked in like 2016. No, 17. I, no, 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 yeah. no, no. 2020 um, championship run. Actually, year post Raptors championship when never underestimated. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was peak Alex Wong. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely on the downturn. Um, I'm in the second phase of my career. Actually, my favorite Raptors uh, to be on Twitter was when the Raptors were getting beat by LeBron. <laughs> like, I think the content was just so good. Even though Not people were... <laughs> <laughs> tremendous I'm content. just here for tremendous content. Although it seems like every time I bring up anything like LeBron or LeBronto related, uh, people don't really... Uh, don't really engage with that content. Oh, yeah? I guess so, people just don't want to remember it. I guess they do when a social account does. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's right. Top moments of LeBron James shows, shows to Sportsnet. Yeah. No, but, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, I just want Chris Paul to, to have a good age 37 year and represent all the 37-year-olds out there uh, properly. I, I think, too, like, another theme of these playoffs, and, and I promise, Faisal, uh, our show does have breaks. Uh, um, but but, good, but, but we are very selective about them. The, the other thing about the playoffs is just, like, there's been so much discourse that, like, I just don't like. Like, in terms of oh, God, there's been a too. lot of talk about, I think, the Golden State-Memphis series has been the focus of so just annoying. talking about, like, injuries. It's so annoying. And, and just, like, litigating flagrant fouls, right? Like, I know, listen, like, I've, I'm 37. Like, I remember watching the playoffs. Four age drops in the last I remem- two minutes. I remember watching playoffs in the 90s, and people love bringing up, like, the real physical teams, like the Knicks and the Heat. I think replay is good for the game, but I don't like it when the refs are just like litigating what is a flagrant or not on a case-to-case basis. I agree. Like at some point, you have to just let the series play out. And unless it's like a really flagrant play like Dylan Brooks. But the standard's been set now, right? They're not going to stop doing it. Because I was thinking like there was a there was a play in the Milwaukee-Boston series where Jason Tatum went for a dunk and Giannis contested it late and accidentally knocked him to the ground. It was just pure basketball play. But now we're just reviewing every single play that happens at the basket. And I don't think that's good. I just don't think it's going to change this postseason because the standard, like I said, the standard's been set. They They essentially have it drilled in them, the referees, to make sure nothing dangerous or intentional was done there. And so if it takes you a little longer to get through your basketball game, so be it. They don't care. And I, I agree with you that it's not the best approach to, to doing it, but it's just the way it is. Yeah, that, that's been a huge discourse. The other thing I want the NBA to change is like, because all the awards, the ballots are submitted the day after the regular season, is to just announce the awards that day before the playoffs start. Because I think it gets rid of a lot of this discourse because, you know, you hear like when Nikola Jokic wins MVP and everybody's like, oh, you know, he's he's sitting at home. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, he's probably living his best life in Serbia. He is living Living, his best life. Yeah, he did say he was And and we just have all this discourse about the individual awards that like, I just don't think are, it's not productive. But hold on. Yes. Please push back for, please push back for 23 minutes. Is anything on Twitter productive (laughs) when it comes to discourse about sports? I'm being serious. Because you're not looking for rational when you're there, are you? You can't be. You can't be anymore. Yeah, but that's not a knock. Like, fans are allowed to be fans. Fans are allowed to be biased towards their favorite players. Fans are allowed to be irrational and angry. Not threatening, but, like, irrational and angry about things that don't go their team's way. You're allowed to do that. But if you're looking for ration, I come to the Raptors show with Will Lou for that. (laughs) (laughs) Not yeah, yeah. Twitter. maybe like three times a week. Oh, uh, yeah, when Blake's on, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. When, when Blake's on, shouts to Blake Murphy. I'm with you. But but the problem is, like, everyone on Twitter is looking to have a conversation. 
is the thing. They just right? don't know how to have one. But they're coming to the wrong place to have a conversation. <laughs> People can use social media bring as they forums, wish. Bring bro. Oh, I miss forums. God, bring yeah. back forums. We are old. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't know. This is really old. All right. I think unless you have any other basketball thoughts, Faisal. No, this extracted my thoughts for a year on oh, this sport, man. bro. What are you doing to me? All right. I think that's a good spot for us to take a break. So Faisal and I can get a couple more fit picks off. I'm your host, Alex Wong. You're listening to The Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on Sportsnet 590. The fan, I'm your host, Alex Wong, filling in for William Liu, who I believe is just home listening to Sportsnet 590. The fan, I continue to be joined by Sportsnet's Faisal Kamisa, aka the former global ambassador of the show, aka my second favorite Kamisa. Yeah. Shout out to your cousin Ali Khan, by the way. I know, yeah. I know we shout him out, you know, very regularly. But you, it's, you really do. It's honestly, you know, I, I met Ali Khan, I think, I don't know, it's been it's been like five, six years now, back when I was like 32. Probably more now. Probably more yeah. when, when he was working with the Raptors. Yeah. And he's always just been such great energy. Oh, the best. And it's so great to see everything that he's doing now with the Blue Jays. Shouts to Richard as well. Shouts to the whole team over there, honestly. Does anybody know what he does for the Blue Jays? Like, you just say this as if people are expected to know that he runs social well, the, for the Jays. Yeah, the thing is, like, I, I know I know it's a team effort there. For sure, for so, sure. So that's sure. why I never sure. want to say, like, oh, like, he he just runs the whole social. No, I mean, have you ever actually given people the, the description of what no, they as no, a no, unit no, no, do? No, no. People no. can figure okay. that out. But All right, like, cool. But, like, Ali Khan is a huge part of the Jays social team. Yeah. And so much of the content that you see on you know, social media across like Twitter, Instagram and all these different platforms. Like he has a huge hand in. Yeah. And uh, above all that, he's just a great person. So just want to give him a, I agree with that. A more proper knock that. Yeah. So anything you want to knock him for? Not at all. Oh, okay. No. Does he like Indian food? Cause I know you hate Indian food. I think he does. Okay. Yeah. So is that a point of contention? So when you go... No, like, wait a minute. Like, (laughs) wait a minute. Are you trying to create beef here? Like, I don't understand what your goal is. If I can't create content, I'm going (laughs) to create beef. (laughs) He created content, by the way. A good one. Um, But when you go home for family dinners, are you like, no Indian food? (laughs) Is that what you say? No, we barbecue a lot. Like, like proper barbecue and like East African food. Oh. Like okay, okay. the origin of the family. So, oh, okay, so, so, so we're all good, okay, okay, man. Okay, okay, we're okay. all good. Yeah, let, let's let's take these conversations offline because they always go in a direction that doesn't work out well for me. Never sends me a rundown and says, "Yo, <laughs> air out your life on air." It's like, oh, cool, man. That is my ultimate breaking case of emergency. <laughs> Happy Asian Heritage Month, Faisal Kamisa. What is your? I had one. I gave you one one home one yeah, homework but, assignment, yeah, but for the show, right? Yeah. Uh, what is your Asian Heritage Month shout out? To be fair, you said give me five people that you want to shout I, I, out. I was, and I was I, like, no. I wasn't sure. I wasn't how sure how much time I had to kill. I think we're good with one right now. You know, now. you and I have text conversations that last hours sometimes and that go nowhere. And you thought we were not going to be able to fill 43 minutes and 30 seconds I, of airtime? I know it can fill. And, you know, if people could read those text messages, no, that's, no, that's no, some no, of the no, best content no, okay, that, that, yeah. that you'll ever see. Yeah, I agree. But it's not for, for public consumption. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Um, okay. So shout I, out. What is your shout out? Okay. Faisal my shout Kamisa? out uh, for Asian Heritage Month is shout out Emmanuel Sandu. 
Oh. Former figure skater, Canadian figure skater. Went to my high school. Come on. Unionville High. With you? I mean, Maybe. Not the Let same. me get an age yeah, check, yeah, bro. Relax for a second. Maybe not the same check. age because you're old as I went. I went to school with a lot of figure skaters. He was born in 1980. Okay, I was so, eight, I was eighty four. You might have crossed like yeah. one and four, like did grade you, nine and twelve. Did you know I figure skated growing up? I did too. No way. I promise you. Okay, I played whoa. hockey at a pretty okay. high level growing up. Let me okay? turn my phone off. We're yeah, clear we're for good. The rest we're of the good. Show. Yeah, phone off upside down. So this is actually a very good Asian Heritage Month story because it's an immigrant story. I got the same one. Go yeah, for it yeah, first yeah. because this is awesome. Parents, you know, parents immigrate here. Myself, my sister, ninety two. I'm like, damn, baseball team's crushing it. Um, <laughs> And can I get free tickets? Can I get a drink? I've been asking for free stuff. Alikhan was born in 92. And you said, yo, can I get free tickets? I was like, uh, Richard Griffin, <laughs> you got two ticks. Jay's Phillies, trying to see my guy Mitch Williams, the wild thing. So we come here. And, and you know, when, when you're like, an immig- I grew up in Markham. So it was a different experience for me because we know it's uh, very populated with, with Asians. Yep. Right. So it wasn't like I, I went to class for the first time here. I didn't even speak English when I came here. I had to go to ESL, all of that stuff. I, I, I felt like I fit in right away. Sure. Because just because of the demographic, right? Like a lot of people were from Hong Kong, just like me. We fit in. But one of the things that my parents wanted to do growing up was get me involved in extracurricular activities as a way to meet other people. So he went to the local rink, my dad, when I was like in grade four, grade five, to sign me up for the hockey team. Except he went to the wrong booth. Oh, no. So he signed me up for figure skating. Wow. Yeah, which I didn't know. Wait, that's proper immigrant. Just not knowing which no. skating was the yeah. different so, one there. So, so I figure skated for two, three years, and I really enjoyed it. That's so, the whole story. So my story is a little bit different in that, you know, my parents my parents have been here since the 70s, okay? So I was born here. And, uh, I mean, obviously, being born in this country, you get acclimated to sports and hockey pretty quickly, right? And so I didn't go to a school where people look like me or whatever. You know, we had a couple of people here and there, but whatever. Uh, my friends were mostly Caucasian and they played hockey and so I did as well. And so I got very, very good. Uh, I was captain of my team for a couple of years as a, as a kid and like I really enjoyed skating in general. So I did the power skating thing. I did the, you know, skating lessons and my, my edges were crisp. The outside edges guy, you don't know. Nobody could turn like me, really. Like I, I was people, ex- people forget Faisal Camisa was a problem. <laughs> Faisal Camisa's edges were a problem. I was told I was, I was, told, I was told he couldn't skate. I was told Faisal Camisa couldn't skate backwards. <laughs> oh, the backwards cross guy, don't even get bro, bro. Modern day, I would be a perfect player right now. I was not very strong, very weak. I uh, still am, but that's so, okay. So you Anyways, played hockey and so you I played were hockey, really guys. Way to advance the story. Yeah, and you were I was really, really good. good. And uh the lady that used to teach my skating lessons was you know, I started working there as well and teaching younger kids. And she just suggested that it would probably help my game if I started to figure skating, just be a little bit more delicate, a little bit more balanced. Because obviously uh, the difference between a hockey skate and a figure skate is that there's a pick on the front of the figure skate, which um, when you're jumping or turning or whatever, you you use to lift off, much like a uh, basketball player going for a layup or a dunk would jump off their off foot like you would pick into the ice with your off foot and use the momentum and strength from that leg and body to to ultimately do your turn. And so it would just help me be a little bit more delicate. And I was like not sure I was for it at the beginning, but much like anything as a kid, I was forced to do it. Um, and I did it and I, I really, really loved it. And it really, really did help my hockey game a little bit more. And then Emmanuel Sandu comes around, Asian, half Asian, you know, figure skater for Canada. And I was like, yeah, 
go on, big man. Like, we can do this stuff, you know? And again, playing hockey, figure skating, nobody looked like me doing it. I was wearing Carl Kanai shirts, like, figure <laughs> skating. No no lie, yellow. I just remember the first day, Carl Kanai shirt, fat farm jeans, and, like, figure skates. Faisal tweeted out in, like, 92. He's like, the fit uh, check. is it okay to wear Carl <laughs> Kanai uh, with shorts to play hockey? And uh, it turns out it wasn't. It definitely wasn't. But I, I, I literally wore that. I remember wearing that. And because I didn't care. I so didn't you know stood any out. different. You definitely stood, I stood out. out. I tried to stand out everywhere. And, yeah. like, I don't think I did intentionally. But nobody else looked like, man, it was, you had to. You had to, right? No, I stood out anyways just because I was the brown guy playing hockey mm-hmm. in, in a league full of not people that look like me. And, you know, looking back and listening back to some of the things I heard, very, very vile. And I don't know 12 or 13-year-old kids knew what they were saying, but there were some pretty crappy comments there. But, like, I enjoyed, like, the backwards jersey era and the mm-hmm. headband era and whatever. Like, whatever. What, I, that's the culture to me, right? Like, immigrant culture or, like, minority culture. And so whatever. Um, but I definitely stood out, like had the what mini disc player, like in mm. my pocket and stuff. Oh, and that's like, luxury, man. Yeah. Damn. Yo, thank, you know, bless the parents, you know, yeah. and birthday money. And I, listen, I worked, I worked as well. And like, you know, I, uh, shout out my parents. I, I should say this because like a very Asian parent thing is to just throw your kids into everything and say, good luck, figure yep. it out. No quitting. Mm-hmm. So I can play the piano. Like I can play the baritone, I can figure skate, I can swim. I swam competitively for a very long time as well. I obviously played soccer, baseball, hockey, basketball, like everything growing up. And like my parents just worked tirelessly for my sisters and I to do that. Not to turn this into an immigrant story here, but like no, please, it's awesome, man. Like look at you, look at where you are. And I was actually going to ask you, like through everything, where did the not to make this a podcast podcast, but where did the love of like covering sports actually come from for you? Yeah. I, I just, don't think we've ever talked about that. I watch, I just watched a lot of sports growing up. Like, like when I came here, like, yeah. I remember like, you know, I was joking about the blue Jays doing really well, but like, that's all anybody talked about at school. Yeah. So you had to get on that. But that's, that's it. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, you had, and you had to get on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then like, it's funny. Like I used to like buy all the almanacs and like study Dude, all the have stats. Them all. Have them all. And, and man. all of that stuff. Right. And then you started playing video games. Like video games was another it's entry. The direct way, evolution, right? man. Yeah. Like like you start playing like NHL ninety four. My favorite game. And like you pick up Madden like later on and all of this stuff. And so you start learning. And like through I honestly think like through the two biggest things for me was like sports. And I always say like hip hop as well. Yeah. Like music. Yeah. Like that's how I learned a lot of just like speaking English yep. or like language or like communicating. Yeah. Like I remember when I used to watch baseball or hockey games, I used to be so confused. <laughs> like I didn't know what runs, hits, and errors were. Yeah. Like when I, when I put up the scoreboard, I didn't know what that was. I remember growing up when I was watching Leafs games, you know, the announcers would always be like, oh, like, um, you know, uh, Jamie McCowan or Dave Ellett is a, is a stay-at-home defenseman. You're like, why, why is he home today? I thought they only played home games. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I, I did not understand yeah. the context of any of that. And, like, through sports, I just learned yeah. a lot of stuff. I'm with you, man. Yeah. I'm and, with you. And, and, like, I used to be at home, like, just mimicking, pretending to be the players and all of that stuff, Same like, in thing, your backyard. Man. And, like, the first time I got a basketball net, like, I lowered the rim, pretended to be Shaq. Or like shoot corner threes like Dennis Scott. Dennis oh Scott was gosh, like my favorite because I love those Orlando Magic teams. But I never thought about like covering sports. Yeah. Right? Like I, I just always saw myself as like, oh, huge sports fan. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm going to learn everything. Know every player, every stat. I mean, fair right? enough, right? Business yeah. school. And, yeah, same, yeah. same, by the way. Then, business then, school, then yeah. the other immigrant experience is like you get pushed towards, That's you exact, know, a yeah. particular career, right? Like I'm not going to go to my parents and be like, hey, you brought us over here. Uh, I'm gonna come. Can I try to be a broadcaster, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. man? You know, I wanted to. I yeah. wanted to. The dream was to do that, but like the rational part of me was like, no, you have to. 
go do one of the things. And like, I was sick at the time. I had cancer at the time. And That's so right, like, yeah. I just felt like this was safe. Yep. And like, what's the point of being safe is what I realized a couple of years later after everything else yeah. I'd gone through. I was like, why not just try to live a little bit, you know? And like, no, for sure. Be the face and the skin color that represents a whole new generation yeah. of people. And it's the best part. And again, I was at the square on leaf game day a yep. couple days ago and like when security stops you yeah, yeah and there's a reporter from cbc who said man like watching you growing up and he's not that much not that much younger than me but like watching you growing up he said was kind of what pushed me to want to do this and i found another kid who's like yo i'm at the college of sports media because i seen you doing this he's a brown kid and like that stuff means mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. to me and i think my parents are realizing the impact of that stuff now versus 10 years ago and this is what i wanted to do but didn't have guts to tell them that that's what I wanted to do at the time. Yeah, that's always interesting to me too because I think a lot of immigrant parents are the ones who take the most risks. Like my dad was an entrepreneur. Like he always did things his way and probably different from what his expectations are. Yep. But they don't want that for their kids, right? Yep. They, you know, they want that safety net. And it's cool. Like you mentioned, like being an inspiration for people. Like I know friends now who have kids yep. who, who want to get into sports. Yep. And, you know, I get connected with them and be able to talk to them about it. And I always tell people in their 20s too, because like a lot of people in their 20s always like, oh, I'm coming out of school. I just had this like economics degree or like some <laughs> other, you know, social studies degree. And it's not to put those down, but like they'll be like, hey, like I don't know what I'm going to do when I graduate. And I'm always like, yo, it's, it's good to not have everything figured out. I agree. It's and okay I, th- to, I always thought you needed a plan, yeah. but you don't, you but, don't, it's okay. And that's why, that's why people like us, like, you know, we go to business school, we become an accountant and we're like, cause we want everything to be figured out. And then once we figured it all out, we're like, wow, not uh, very happy not, with this. This, yeah, yeah. this is not exactly what we yeah. want. So like, it's okay. It's really scary to not know because people put a lot of expectations when you go to school, get an education, you're supposed to come out and have a very steady job and just settle down and yeah. go down this traditional path of this checklist that people want from you. you. You don't have to do that. But the one constant in all of that, which our parents instilled in us too, and I'm confident yours did as well, is you got to work hard to do it, right? Exactly. Like you got to work hard at whatever it is you do. Yeah. Will's never letting me host again. I know no, that. Will. Oh, bet on yourself as Fred Danvleet of the Toronto Raptors says. <laughs> yes, yes, that's nice. right. That's right, Will. This is what happens. Never take a day off again. That does it for us for today. I'm your host, Alex Wong. You've been listening to The Raptors Show on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Make sure you find The Raptors Show wherever you listen to podcasts. And please subscribe, rate, and review our show. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet 590 The Fan Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Will and I will be back tomorrow. Thanks again to my guests, Faisal Kamisa and our bar producer, Derek Brandeo. I'll talk to you soon.